This episode of Rebecca Enchanted is brought to you by FTM Travel. FTM Travel has earned the distinction of being named a Disney earmarked agency with a dedicated team that is ready to help you with all of your Disney destination dreams. From Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, and Aulani in Hawaii, let our agents turn your vacation dreams into your dream vacation. There is never any fee for our services. They are complimentary when you book your vacation through us. Visit our website at www.ftmtravel.com. So that's F as in fairy, T as in trip, M as in mother. Again, that's www.ftmtravel.com. Or email us at info at ftmtravel.com. Be sure to mention that you heard about us on the Rebecca Enchanted podcast. Welcome to episode 43 of Rebecca Enchanted. I'm Rebecca Mitchell, your fairy podmother. So today's episode, uh, I speak with Ashley, who is a big Disney fan. She's been many times adult-only trips as a kid and now with her own children. And um, so I thought it would be interesting to hear her perspective, some of her favorites. And then she also talks about using the disability access service uh, that is provided at Disney World um, that will accommodate you if you um, are not able to wait in the full line. So she talks about the process of getting the pass and then how it works when you're actually in the parks. Um, I had a blast talking to her. Um, I, In fact, she will be back on the podcast. We had such a good time talking. And uh, so without further ado, here you go. Here's Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hello. Hi, can you can, you can hear me? I can hear you? Yes, I can. All right, perfect. Thank you for joining me tonight. I'm really, really excited to talk to you about all things Disney. I am as well. It's my favorite topic. <laughs> mine too, like mine's. I love it. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your Disney history and, uh, and whatever you want to share with us. Sure. So my name is Ashley. Um, I'm 31 years old. Uh, I'm currently a full-time returning college student who's about to graduate in five months, so that's awesome. And, amazing! Yeah, and I am a mom to two amazing children. Um, I'm married to my husband named Chris, and uh, we have our two kids. I have a son named Brayden, who's seven and a half, um, and he actually went to Disney his first time at four months old. <laughs> which was a feat because he was actually a preemie. So he, even though he was four months old, he looked like a brand newborn. So that was kind of funny oh. uh, to see the, the looks and reactions of people. And then <laughs> my daughter, Avery, is two and a half. And she went to Disney her first time um, at eight months old. All right. You got to start him young. Yes, exactly. So we definitely, I would consider ourselves to be a Disney obsessed family. Um, we get a lot of eye rolls and, and sarcastic remarks sometimes, 
about how much we love it. And, you know, at home, we listen to the park entrance uh, music loops on YouTube. And we watch a lot of like behind the scenes and informational videos. We read a lot of different biographies um, and park informational books. So both my husband and I were really interested you know, we like the movies and, and that, but we were really more interested in the Disney park history, Walt Disney himself as a person and his life and how Disney as a company came to be. So uh, my husband, Chris, did the Disney college program. So when I found that out about him, when we met, I knew we were meant to be <laughs> because, you know, fellow Disney nerd right there. Um, and yeah, so when people ask us why we go back so frequently uh, we regularly repeat the mantra you call it a vacation but we call it home because that's that's what we you know consider Disney to be is like a second home Um, and a lot of people I think especially with young kids I have a lot of mom friends um, and they ask me a lot for advice and I hear quite frequently you know, why do you go when your kids are so young or or, I want to go to Disney but is it worth it when my kid you know, maybe won't remember this because they're only four or five. And obviously, if you can only go once in your lifetime, I would say probably wait till they're a little older so they can remember if it's the one and only time you're going to go. But for us, because we have gone quite a bit and we always know we will go back, um, the memories aren't just for them to remember. They're also for us. Mm -hmm. And so I remember taking our children as babies to to Disney and you know my husband and I built awesome memories they might not remember those first times but we definitely do so I always think it's worth it I agree in fact that's not to interrupt but the the last time I was there um, I was standing in line to meet Goofy and then Donald and there was maybe like you know just very newly walking and and this baby just wouldn't let go of Donald you know and just kept like hugging and hugging and he'd walk away and then come back and and it's like you can never get that time back you know exactly. I mean it's so special and I mean we everybody in line was like crying because this baby was just like so into Donald and it's so special and I'm sure those parents remember it. And so I say the same thing. Like if it's your one and only trip, yeah, wait until they're older. But chances are people get hooked most right. of the time, right? Right. So- or at least go a handful of times. And I've yeah. been fortunate enough to, I grew up going to Disney uh, probably on average twice a year. Sometimes they were long Disney trips. And other times we were, I'm actually from Michigan. I've lived in Michigan my whole life. So we're not, you know, right next to Disney World, but a lot of times we'll go down to a different part of Florida and pop over to Disney for just a couple of days. Um, so I, you know, grew up going and the oldest of four kids. So I got to go to Disney myself as a child and then sort of watch my younger siblings experience it as children. And then I went in the phase of my life where I was over 21 and an adult and I did some adult only trips. And now I'm in the phase where I have my own family and my own young children, and I'm getting to experience it through them also. So there's really something for everybody. And, it, and it's so ever-changing that even if you lived there and went weekly, it probably would be different than the last time you went. 
Right. And there's always something different to do, different to try. Right. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've still never do, you've done everything. Like maybe oh, at no. one point you had, but there's, you know, now a new restaurant or a new, right. you know, experience. A new hotel, a new, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there's yeah. all kinds of stuff. Always something new. And, and so how you and I connected was through a mutual friend, Robin. And Robin is who I just took my most recent trip with. And it was my last episode. And, um, you know, she and I went just adults only. And uh, those trips are just as fun uh, as, as kids, you know, trips with kids. And, right. and we were just talking about it today. She said, you know, I just don't remember the last time I woke up, I went to bed smiling and I woke up smiling. And she said, and I just found so much joy there that, you know, in our adult lives, it's hard to find that kind of joy. <laughs> so, yes. And that's, that's what I say, um, again, kind of having young children, um, obviously with infants, sometimes you have to sit out on rides. And I've been asked that too, like, is it, what do you do? Is it even worth it to go and spend the money when, you know, you might not be able to do everything because you've got little kids and my favorite, my absolute favorite thing to do out of any park anywhere is to sit on main street and just watch. I just love to watch people who Mm -hmm. are experiencing this, you know, potentially for the first time, or they're celebrating some, you know, moment in their life there. And I just, I listen to their conversation and I smell the smells and I listen to the music and um, that those are my favorite places with my infants. If they were napping in the stroller or something, uh, mm-hmm. There's little alleyways off Main Street and I and they have usually tables with umbrellas up so you can get some shade and I and that they're quiet because they're you know nobody goes down there. And so mm-hmm. I just sit and I just watch and it's yeah. the atmosphere. It's the immersive experience that really makes Disney unique. And that's why we go back. Yeah, it's not to ride. So- it's a small world for the 900th time because we've done it. But right. it's, it's for that part. Yeah. I'm like smiling so big right now listening to you say that because that's, that's what I think too, you know, and I get the same thing you get, you know, like, oh, you're going back again or, you know, and I do go other places and I want to go other places, Mm -hmm. but there is something so special about being there. And like you said, it's not going on. It's a small world. It is just being there and being in that moment and that magic. It's so special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay, <laughs> good. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> okay. okay, so let's get into some of the nitty gritty. Um, so what you've stated, I know at a variety of resorts, um, what's, what's your favorite or favorite in each category? Where do you gravitate to? So I have a lot. Um, <laughs> and it's definitely dependent, I think, on sort of what we're going for and who we're going with. So we're lucky enough to, my family still to this day loves Disney, um, and we go with them quite a bit, especially they really ramped up going a lot again after I had kids because my parents love to experience it with their grandkids. Um, So when we go with them, we tend to do uh, the deluxe resorts, um, and we tend to do a lot of like special event tickets and things like that. So Um, I've stayed at every deluxe resort. Um, I grew up staying at the Polynesian. So for me, that's kind of nostalgic. Although when they redid the lobby, it lost a little bit of that. But I still, I still love the Polynesian. I love their pool. Their grounds are beautiful. Um, I think it's super convenient to walk to transportation and ticket center to catch the monorail over to Epcot. 
you know, big on convenience again with kids and strollers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the dining options at Polynesian. So you have to eat the Tonga toast at Kona cafe. That's a must do for us every time we go. Um, and the contemporary, you know, that's nice because it's usually the cheapest of the deluxe resorts. The walk to magic kingdom is amazing to skip the buses and, uh, the craziness of the monorail, especially if you're going to stay till park closing. Mm-hmm. So just to be able to walk right out of the gates and get to the contemporary is great. And then for my family, I'm a, you know, we're a pretty large family. So a lot of times we'll get a suite there and it has, I think the most suites out of all of the deluxe uh, resorts. Yep. So that's convenient for us because we'll typically like just pack into one room if we can. Um, The Grand Floridian, I think, is probably the prettiest resort, and the grounds are beautiful. And most recently, actually, last summer, we stayed at Copper Creek at Wilderness Lodge in the cabins, which that was an awesome experience. We'd never even stayed at Wilderness Lodge before at all. That hotel is also very pretty. The grounds are awesome, and it was really cool to have the boat available as another transportation option to Magic Kingdom because that is the least crowded out of, you know, the monorail and the buses. So to be able to just to hop on the nice little boat to go over and the cabins themselves, I mean, they were amazing. I'm sure you've seen pictures of them. Yeah, I've been in one. I didn't stay in one, but I've toured one. Um, And I mean, it's just so nice to have that room to spread out, especially when you you are kind of multiple families in one spot where people can kind of get their space, but there's a lot of gathering space as well. Um, So, oh, I'm so glad you got to stay there. And if you're going to do that over like the bungalows at the Polynesian, I've heard from people, we've never stayed in them there, that sometimes it can be a little loud with the fairies because they start very early in the morning so what was nice about being uh at copper creek at wilderness lodge is you're not right by all those ferry boats you know getting to and from the magic kingdom starting at some ungodly hour if you're not if you're not somebody that wakes up to do rope drop there are those people i'm not one but (laughs) i'm there early noted yeah (laughs) and then um my husband and I, when we started kind of going by ourselves as adults with, you know, young children, we, he grew up staying at Coronado Springs. So that was his favorite. I'd never stayed there. We tried it out. And I actually loved that as a, um, you know, middle, middle ground hotel. I've, they obviously just went through a huge refurbishment. So I've not seen it since that happened, but yeah that place is another great place with the the spacious grounds to walk around to look at the lake we had a lot we had a couple of pool days their pool is very nice um I liked it for because you're not you don't have the monorail available as an option um it's on its own bus route so when you're you know need a bus to get around you're not stopping at another resort so it it goes around to uh, I believe there's four stops around Coronado uh, but but then you're not going to another resort. So I feel like the bus system is nice there. Um, and then I also really loved the outdoor bar that's on the lake. I hope <laughs> it's still there. I don't know if it's there with the refurbishment. But if it is, that was really nice. Because if we came back from the park and our kids were sleeping in the uh, strollers, we could just, mm-hmm. without having to go in somewhere or wake them up, we could just, you know, push them right to the bar. 
So that's, yep. that's nice. I like you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. And the new tower that they've just, just opened, um, you know, has some really neat uh, options with a great rooftop bar now too. And um, the bus service there, it's going directly from the tower without the internal stops too. Oh, so nice. it's going directly from the tower to the parks. And, um, you know, it's got the internal hallways because it's this, you know, this big, large building. So mm-hmm. very excited to see that and try that. And um, they have some club level options and suite level or suites as well. So yeah, I've uh, seen ve- the, the pictures mm-hmm. and it looks beautiful. Yeah, it looks really, really beautiful. Yeah. I um, put something on hold for December there. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah, I just have to pull the trigger, but right. uh, very very, very excited to see it. Um, I'll at least be seeing it in September um, and touring it. But right. yeah, yeah. So and then, like, um, another mm-hmm. mid-level option we have stayed at quite a bit is the Dolphin and the Swan, which mm-hmm. I think sometimes get overlooked. They're not as Disney feeling, but it's a convention center. So I kind of understand why, but they're dining options, especially if you're going to go for more of an adult trip. Uh, the dining options on property are fantastic at Dolphin and the Swan. And then to be able to walk into the World Showcase at Epcot through the back, just to within walking distance is great. And then to be within walking distance of the boardwalk, because when we go and do adult only stuff at Disney, Jelly Rolls is an yeah. absolute must do for you know, every trip, if we can manage it, because that place is awesome and super fun. So fun. So fun. Yeah. I was was just looking at it today for some reason. I was like, oh, I need to go. I didn't go last time. So uh, I love jelly rolls. Yeah. I love a good piano bar. Anytime I can sing out loud, I'm happy. Exactly. (laughs) And it's been the same group of, you know, entertainers there forever. And they're, they're awesome. So we always have a really great time there. And then we love Pop Century. If you're looking for something that's, you know, a little bit cheaper, we stayed, I've only stayed there once, but, um, and I stayed there mid refurbishment of their buildings where they were redoing their rooms, but I had requested one of the new rooms. um, And I thought they were awesome. You know, they're definitely Mm -hmm. smaller than, you know, some of the higher, more expensive categories, but I loved the furniture setup. It kind of reminds me of like an Ikea showroom, but yeah. some of the furniture, like the bed, one of the beds or both of them, I don't remember, fold up like a Murphy bed. So mm-hmm. if you are in your room for the day, we weren't really in it ever. Uh, but if you wanted to have a little more floor space because the room is smaller, that's great. Um, I loved the bathroom setup. There was tons of little built-in storage options everywhere. So again, with a smaller room, that's really helpful. Um, and then, you know, same thing with Pop Century with their buses. So their bus system yeah. there is really good. So yeah. those are those are our favorite resorts. All right. I love it. Yeah. Pop Century's my favorite in the value category. Exactly for what you said. The bus service can't be beat there. And um, those refurbished rooms. Well, it's nice because they have two queen beds, whereas, mm-hmm. um, you know, before they're refurbished, they had double beds. And that extra space when you fold up that bed is so nice. And we um, fit a pack and play in there when we went mm-hmm. too. So you've yeah. got the two beds and a pack and play. It was tight, but, you know, for sleeping, who cares? Because you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, you're sleeping. You go to sleep. You just exactly. crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, I love pop for uh, for all those reasons. Okay, so resorts. Now let's go into the parks. Well, 
Number one, do you have a favorite park? It's very hard to choose. I know. (laughs) It is. So my favorite park, strictly for the nostalgia, has to be Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um, But my favorite thing to do in any park is the World Showcase in Epcot. But my favorite park as a whole is, is Magic Kingdom. And I would say those two are like so neck and neck. And then, you know, Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom would probably, you know, come after that. Although I do love those parks too. Hollywood Studios has been in so much of a transition the last Mm. however many years that it makes it a little (laughs) hard to like that place as much too. And admittedly, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. So I was a little disappointed to see how much stuff they got rid of. But I realized I'm in the minority on that. So yeah. Um, I can I can respect why they did that. But my husband, Hollywood Studios is actually his favorite park. And that is where he was primarily stationed when he did the Disney College program. So he really loves that park. And I actually recently in the last probably four to five years have come to like Animal Kingdom a lot more than I did before that. I really mm-hmm. appreciate it a lot more now. And for the first time, probably I think it was about three years ago, we did an entire day at animal kingdom and we had never done that before usually we go in the morning for extra magic hours and then in that hour plus a couple hours after that we can get everything you know quote unquote done and then we kind of leave it's like a half day park but we chose to purposefully spend an entire day there and this was pre pandora or Mm -hmm. i mean uh so now there's more to do but um I really was surprised just to take the time and to mosey around. It's a great park to do in the summertime heat because of all of the growth and foliage and gardens. You get a lot of shade while you're walking, which Mm -hmm. is super nice. Um, And just to see all the stuff there. So I like them all, but Magic Kingdom and Epcot are my favorites. Yeah. It's so, I always say it's so hard to choose. And, and I totally agree with you on animal kingdom. Like it kind of came out of nowhere for me. And, um, and I think Pandora helped a lot because, um, I grew to like see it in a different light a little Mm -hmm. bit. And then it became like a, a sun up to sundown park because Pandora at night is like nothing I've ever seen before. And, um, like you said, like the, the foliage, like it's just, it is so lush and it's such a beautiful park. So much care was put into the theming of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you just feel like you're kind of a world away. So I, in fact, I was telling our Lyft driver last time, I was like, um, don't tell magic kingdom, but I think animal kingdom is my new favorite. (laughs) Don't tell. Right. Um, But you know, there's so much to love in each of them. And, um, you know, like you said, magic kingdom for the nostalgia and, um, and then, you know, yeah, like you said, Hollywood studios going through that transition. So it, it kind of makes it hard to, you know, be as into it, but, um, you know, I'm very excited for Mickey and Minnie's, um, railway, you know, Mm -hmm. runaway railway. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I am excited for Star Wars just to see um, how cool. I mean, you know, so right. immersive. And yes. so, yeah. And then, um, of course, Epcot. I feel like I never get to fully explore Epcot as no. much as I'd like. You know, it's like it's you're so always this, spread out. Yeah. And there's like always something that comes up, like, or you don't want to walk anymore. Or, right. you know, <laughs> so um, I, I feel like I've never really fully explored the World Showcase as much as I want to. I have the best of intentions, but it's just hard. Yeah. I would. I, if, if I was limited on a time, maybe, I, maybe people wouldn't agree with me. I would skip the entire front and I'd skip test track and I'd skip, you know, 
mission space. And I would go right to the world showcase if I only had a limited amount of time there, because to me, that is the coolest part of Epcot. Um, And I think it really sort of embodies the original intention of Epcot of Mm -hmm. to be a, a more of a learning and educational and cultural center. So yep. I just think it's great to, I love to talk to the different cast members because, you know, the ones that work in those countries are generally from those countries. So to strike up conversations with them and just to talk to them about where they're from and what their life is like and, you know, how do they love living here temporarily? And, and they've got some really good stories. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to practice if you're taking a foreign language, mm-hmm. you know, you can go yeah. over there. And I did that quite a bit when I was in high school what language I took Spanish okay okay yeah 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 see see um (laughs) yeah and I just I the the world showcase to me again there's like always something new like Mm -hmm. even if they haven't changed a thing there's always something that I haven't seen there and um I I love it I love it at Christmas time with the festival of the holidays I love listening to those storytellers and of course the candlelight processional and the food booths I mean that's my favorite time to go there and my other I mean besides the cast members my the best thing about the world showcase hands down is the food yeah and that is my personal favorite place to eat in all of Disney World is the world showcase because in a lot of other parks I have these go-to restaurants that we eat in, or maybe there's like two options that I would, you know, I enjoy eating at for something other than the standard, like hamburgers and chicken fingers type of food. Um, but Epcot, I, I, it makes me like sad when I go because I'm like, Oh, I have to pick, like, I only have, you know, two or three meals. And like, what am I going to do? There's so many good ones. Yes, and I have the best of intentions to try so many things, and I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry. What's wrong with me? I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's your favorite place to eat in Epcot, then, if you can choose? I know. Yeah. So Coral Reef is one we go to. Um, it has pretty good seafood, and if you've got kids to sit down and be able to stare at the aquarium for the yeah. whole time that you're you know, eating, that's really awesome. Uh, we... In the World Showcase, I really like Monsieur Paul, which is mm-hmm. one of the table service restaurants in France. And it's a lot smaller, I feel like, than some of the other Disney restaurants. And they, I feel like in the last few years, I, even the, the table service restaurants, I feel like they want to kind of rush you through dinner a little bit to turn the tables, Um, not as much, you know, at the maybe quick service places, but I feel like Mm -hmm. they're gearing towards that. But Monsieur Paul, it's like every time we go and eat there, it's, you know, a two hour ordeal and they, they don't care. And it's, it's just, it's a very nice, small, quaint, great place to go sit and eat really good food. And then, Uh, I like La Hacienda de San Angel in Mexico, which is the restaurant, not inside the temple, but outside. Uh, And we will try sometimes to snag a late reservation because it's a great place to watch Illuminations or, you know, whatever the new show is going to be. 
because they actually will turn the lights down a little bit and they pump the music into the restaurant. So if you can get a table by the windows, when we had um, a lot of times like our, our son at the time would be sleeping already in the stroller if we got a late reservation and then he wouldn't be woken up by the fireworks because we would be inside the restaurant, but we could still see the whole thing. So that's like a really good tip that we've enjoyed doing. And then literally every quick service spot in the entire world showcase, just eat, eat around. It's the best. We actually did, my sister got married last summer, one of my younger sisters, and we did her bachelorette party in Ah. Disney world. We flew down. There was a group of like 12 of us. And I made the cute little tags where, you know, the, every country's on there and you write down what food or drink item you ate. So you could like eat and drink around the world. Um, and that was pretty much jelly rolls and eating and drinking through Epcot were the primary driving factors for going to Disney for a bachelor party. <laughs> I mean, that sounds perfect. So <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Um, and then, um, shoot, you said something that I wanted to follow up on and I can't remember. Um, oh, no, I wanted to tell you. So Robin and I had this amazing, um, we, we had a little bit of a catastrophe of errors trying to get food on the 4th of July. And we couldn't like, anyway, it was a lot, but we ended up eating this cookies and cream funnel cake at the, mm. uh, right outside of the American uh, pavilion, mm-hmm. which I, I think I would never normally, like, I don't usually do those stands because I'm usually, you know, grabbing something here or there. And I tend not to do the American food when I'm there, but let me tell you next time, grab that cookies and cream funnel cake because it was amazing. That sounds good. Yeah, it was so good. It was like, we, and we were so hungry and we were like, I've never wanted anything more than this funnel cake right now in this moment. So it was pretty much everything good. you eat at Disney yeah. in general is going to be amazing. I found. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I was going to say that too about Animal Kingdom. I think they have uh, outside of Epcot, I think they have my favorite food because mm-hmm. they have like a lot of variety, of course, with the different countries, you know, like Asia, Africa, different flavors. Um, and then the barbecue place. And of, I don't know if you've eaten at that Satuli Canteen in Pandora yet. We have um, not. Oh, next time. I highly recommend it. I mean, it's so good. It's not definitely not what you think of for, um, you know, amusement park food, not that Mm -hmm. Disney ever is, but, um, you know, it's so good. You pick like your base and your protein and your sauce and, uh, it's so good. The, the chicken is cooked right there, like on wood fire is, it's so good. So nice. So yeah, highly recommend for next time. And it's a great seating area too. Like Mm -hmm. you can only sit in there if you're eating they're very strict about who's sitting in there so um it's just and the theming is amazing so highly recommend next time yeah yeah okay now let's move on to rides do you have we can do one ride per park or if you have one favorite overall whatever you want to do oh so having kids magic kingdom is great for rides. Uh, most rides you can start going on even with infants in your lap. So aside pretty much from the roller coasters, the, you know, mountains, um, and things like that, basically everything else you can go even with an infant. So that's really nice to be able to, so somebody's not sitting out. Um, so those are the parks with small kids that we, we tend to go to magic kingdom, Uh, the most out of everything, just because there's something for everyone to do. And besides the obvious favorites, uh, you know, that everybody says are their favorites, some must-dos that we have 
um, care self progress is a, a really big hit in our house. And yes. we will go on that usually more than once and not just because it's air conditioned. Um, but we, for whatever reason, we just love that ride. And my son has memorized the entire script of the whole 20 plus minute show. <laughs> so we watch it a lot on YouTube at home when we're not able to go to the parks and we uh-huh. really love that one. And then another one that we also really love in that area is the, we call it the blue line, but it's the Tomorrowland transit authority people mover. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just a nice quick, it's, there's usually not a wait or if there is, it's like minutes and it's cool to get some of the aerial views around magic kingdom. And then I personally like, the part where it goes into you know it goes into the dark a couple of times but the one where it shows the model for what Walt Disney's original vision for Epcot was uh, because most people don't know that Epcot wasn't supposed to be an additional theme park um, and on that note if anybody is a super Disney history buff like we are I read a book about a year ago called Married to the Mouse by Richard Fogelsong and it's an entire book about Walt Disney and what they did for Florida and the Orlando area and how Walt found you know why he settled on that area and how they came to build it and the legislation that they changed in the state of Florida to accommodate Disney and what Epcot's original vision was supposed to be and um, you meet or you don't meet but you read about all of the crucial critical people that were involved in like the original team involved in locating Disney World in Florida which is ties into Magic Kingdom if you've ever walked on Main Street and you've looked at those storefronts a lot of the names on the upper windows that are you know they're fake business names but they're actually names of those people that started you know Disney so yeah it's I'm gonna really get cool that book. to read about yeah it's it is. It's a really, really great book. I actually had to read it for a class of mine in college, and I was not upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very happy, and it was really great. It's a pretty easy read. So um, so those are the ones in Magic Kingdom that we, you know, we pretty much there love everything. And then in Epcot, again, sort of besides the typical Soren and Test Track and, and things like that, I love living with the land, mm-hmm. which is... Um, I'm a gardening nerd, so I love that boat ride and to go through and see the hydroponics and stuff like that. My husband's from Mexico, so we spend a lot of time in the Mexican pavilion, um, and we love the Grand Fiesta boat ride, which Mm -hmm. I love that pavilion. If you're checking the weather while you're in Epcot, we tend to go a lot in the summertime, and Florida gets those afternoon just little thunderstorms that roll through for like 30 minutes. try to get stuck in the rain in the Mexican pavilion. So, because it's huge. And so there's shopping to do. There's a tequila bar. There's a sit down restaurant. If you want to grab a reservation, if there's one open, there's the ride. And actually the last time we were there and we got caught in the rain, they had the mariachi band was playing outside. They brought them inside and they kept playing. And then Donald does a meet and greet outside the temple and they brought him inside to continue the meet and greet so there's like all this activity um and then that's also where if you're going to go to epcot with small kids i highly recommend doing the passport 
that you can yes. get stamped at every country at the uh, kids' cot stations. Yep. And it's a great way for your kids to interact and to hear different languages. And they'll write cute little notes in their, you know, native language in the passport. And they'll learn a little bit of history. So we do that when we go to Epcot a lot. Um, and then we also like to do we're hit or miss on characters, which I think is a common thing with small children. It literally changes every time we go there. Are they going to like them? Are they not going to like them? A lot of small kids are apprehensive about the characters. We tend to stick to character dining um, to, to see characters just because then if it's one of those trips where they're scared of them or they're not into it, then we can just, they can pass our table, but we didn't waste our time, you know, with, fast passes or uh waiting in line in the sun to to you know they're crying now and we have to leave so we tend to stick to character dining for that reason Mm -hmm. but epcot's got that character spot um we usually will use a fast pass to go there because it is nice to get the classic characters all in one spot and you knock them all out in a row really quick and so that's really convenient and then if you're also a disney visa card holder there's a special character meet and greet spot in future world that we always make a point of going to yes yeah it's usually Minnie and pluto is like i think that's who i usually see there um but it can vary at yeah. any point yeah 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 um yeah i love uh living with the land as well of course Thorin. but um and in fact i'm not like i'm not a big test track fan and i was grateful like when my son got old enough that he could do it on his own right and he'll he would do single rider and i would just take a little break or go shopping or something right um because i'm just like it's not to me that it's not my favorite thing um but yeah and robin and i got stuck in not stuck i mean fortunately stuck in the mexico pavilion during a a little bit of a rainstorm uh when we were there a couple weeks ago and you're right it is the perfect spot you know it's totally air conditioned Mm -hmm. you could stay in there all night if you wanted to so yeah that's yeah it's a great spot Okay. And then, um, what about, uh, over at Hollywood studios? Do you have a favorite over there? I feel like a lot of my favorites there got taken away, (laughs) but I've not, some of my family members have gone on the slinky dog roller coaster. We've not been able to yet. I've heard that's really fun. Um, obviously who doesn't love the tower of terror. And then my husband's absolute favorite ride in all of Disney world totally is rock and roller coaster so that's that's his must do and um we also liked kind of the the little kids shows for our kids so the disney junior show is really fun to take them to it's again it's a little nice break in the air conditioning for a little while um and then the little mermaid is always fun yeah yeah. And I, I love the Frozen sing-along, too, because, well, I'm a big Frozen fan mm-hmm. anyway. And um, this past time uh, when Robin and I were there, I got to where we had two historians that were the, probably the funniest I'd ever seen. And we were just the way they interacted with the crowd and with each other and everybody. We just we it was such a hoot. We were really, really happy. Uh, just to be not in the air, not only in the air conditioning, but, you know, just having such a good time. So I've never done the Frozen sing-along. <gasps> Ashley! I know. I've done the Frozen <gasps> ride, 
quite a bit, um, which is also very cute. But I've never done the Frozen sing-along. So my my son, he, um, because of some of his sensory processing issues, doesn't love movies. So Mm. he is more interested in the parks um, and the rides less on the mood like he knows about the movies the general you know storyline of the movies but he's never actually seen them so when now my daughter's two and a half and she's really into i mean she's the stereotypical girl she walks around in her disney character dresses at home with her high heels at two and a half and she Mm -hmm. twirls around the living room singing let it go and so she's much more into it. I feel like next time we go, we'll probably do the sing along because she'll love it. Yeah. 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 I recommend it. Um, yeah. If you're able to, for sure. Um, especially being able to sing along, like, you know, Robin and I as adults were singing along to the whole thing. So, uh, you can just do that there. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, and yes, I can't wait for you to ride slinky dog dash too. It is, it is, has become my new favorite. So um, I am anxious to hear what you think about it because it is pure delight. It is so fun. Um, Definitely fast pass. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not one I recommend waiting a lot for just because the the queue is outside and it's Mm -hmm. not very, not easy, but uh, fast pass worthy for sure. Um, Okay. And then Animal Kingdom, what do you like over there? Oh, I... I really like Expedition Everest. I think that's a fun ride. Um, mostly when we're over, I mean, so I've only been in Pandora once and we were only in there very briefly. So it was that when we went to Florida last summer, uh, we were originally supposed to be going just to the coast. We go to Longbow Key quite a bit um, every year and they were getting hit with red tide at the time so we came inland to disney so it's this very last minute unplanned um not prepared and we literally were day by day deciding like do we extend this trip another day um at disney or do we go back to the coast like you know so my parents would be calling people that were over there like how is the air quality today you know where the beaches look like etc so Mm -hmm. we that was the trip that we went really fast into animal kingdom to do pandora so i didn't get to experience it late at night it was like start the sun was kind of starting to set um and we only got to do one of the rides so i would definitely like to go back and experience that more but i yeah surprisingly when we were there um a couple times ago i really loved the finding nemo show i hadn't done that before and i thought that was super cute and then obviously kilimanjaro safari it's i mean yeah. When are you going to get another opportunity to be that close to a lot of those animals? We caught the last time the the la- like the last safari before they turn the lights on at night. Mm-hmm. So like the sun was just kind of starting to set. And so the animals were the most active I had ever seen them. And I've <sighs> ridden that ride like a lot. And yeah. it, was, it was amazing to see, especially like the big cats. Um, yeah just how much more active they were and out and you know that's super fun that's another great hotel the animal kingdom lodge we've stayed there before and done you know the balcony overlooking the savannah with the giraffes and stuff 
Yeah. It's such a beautiful, I mean, that lobby alone is right. just gorgeous, stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, I am, if I'm hearing correctly, cause I, my guess is you did Navi river journey when you did the Pandora. Yes, um, we did. Yeah. So you still have to do, um, flight of passage. Yes, we do. Yeah. I was oh. a little bit apprehensive with my son, whether he would like it or not. So it, I, if I was going to pick one of them, I was like, let's go the safe route that I yeah. know for sure he's going to like this one and be totally fine with, um, yeah. because the other one's a little more intense. Um, so, but we'll, we'll definitely be doing that in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, yeah. I hope you get a chance to, um, it's amazing. Okay. So, um, along those lines, I wanted to talk to you cause I know you have some experience with the disability access services. So do you want to talk a little bit about how that works when you're in the parks? Sure. So my son has uh, diagnosed sensory processing issues and he actually also has, he's suspected ASD or autism spectrum disorder. So we, when he was younger and we would go, it wasn't so much of an issue. We didn't really have to make a ton of accommodations for him because he really kind of only liked the littler kid rides. So the rides that don't have a long queue line. And so he's okay in lines that are 10, maybe 15 minutes long. Past that, it gets a little more challenging. But most of the time, the rides he liked were around that time. So it was okay. But as he started to get older and he wanted to ride you know, Space Mountain and Seven Door Spine Train, I mean, those waits can get well over an hour. And it's just, it's not even an option. Um, and there's a lot of people who that is true also for a variety of reasons. So Disney's Disability Access Service, the way that it works is in, obviously, just I'm going to put it like a little precursor here. Um, it's always best before you go to check to make sure what their most up-to-date policy is. This has been the policy and procedure for a while now since they redid it after the last system was being abused and misused. Um, so this is how it's been going for a while. So we're probably not going to change it, but obviously you don't, you know, you want to get the most up-to-date information and they have a lot of good information on their website. But basically the, the DAS card, it's designed to accommodate guests who aren't able to wait in a conventional queue environment due to a disability. So some people get confused and think, well, I'm in a wheelchair, I have a scooter, I should go get this disability pass. And actually what they'll tell you is most, if not all of the queue lines in Disney World can accommodate those. So you don't actually necessarily qualify for that card um, because you can wait in the line with your mobility device. So it's for people that need accommodations that, that waiting in a traditional queue environment, it's, it's not an option. So basically... What you do is you go to guest service at the beginning of the park or the entrance of the park. And um, usually Magic Kingdom is our first day. So it's, you know, right in the town hall there when you first walk in and you will go and you'll stand in line. And typically a cast member will come up to you because there is usually a little bit of a wait, but it's always been, I would say, no more than 15 minutes and a cast member will ask you, you know, why you're there to make sure that you're in the right place. And you just say, I'm here to get a disability service pass. And they'll say, yep. And then what you do is when it's your turn, you go up to the window and whoever, um, in my case, it's my minor. So I speak on his behalf, but um, they ask you, you know, why do you need this pass? And so I don't have an issue sharing his 
needs. Um, but I, I know that some people are sensitive about um, sharing too much information. So Disney cannot ask for proof of your disability. So you do not have to bring a doctor's note. You do not have to bring documentation. They cannot legally ask you. And it says also that same sentiment on their website. They can't ask you for proof. Right. They can't also ask you for what your specific disability is if you don't want to share that. So you don't have to share with them a diagnosis. What they are allowed to ask you is, why can't you wait? You know, what challenges do you have waiting in a, in a traditional line? Like, is it a mobility issue? Is it, you know, what is it? Um, mm-hmm. I don't have an issue sharing the reason. It makes for a very quick interaction that way. Um, yeah. But I can understand that some people are not comfortable with that. So if, you know, there might be some more back and forth required if you're not going to be as forthcoming. But for us, I just share what, you know, the issue is and that my son is not able to wait in a line because of that. Then they ask a couple more things. They always take a picture of whoever's registering for the disability access service card. Um, And when you do this the first time, it's good for the next 14 consecutive days. So you don't have to do this every single park that you go into every day. So that's really helpful because you just do it the one time and you're, you know, good to go for the rest of your trip. And the other thing is anybody who is traveling as a party, there's some information that I found that maybe they can add people later or if you're connected in the My Disney Experience app that maybe they don't have to be there. I would just say to be on the safe side, we always do it this way. When you go up to the counter, whoever is in your party, just be present. Because what they do is they take all this information and they scan your magic band. So Mm -hmm. your disability access service pass gets scanned to your magic band. And then anyone in your party gets connected to it and everybody scans their band. And then you're just good to go for the rest of the time. So we usually make it our first stop in the park and it takes all of 15 to 20 minutes max. And then you're good to go for the whole rest of the trip and there's no issues. So that being said, they're technically, their policy is the card is limited to the card holder and five additional guests. So a party of six total. Mm-hmm. I will say from experience, because obviously there can be big parties bigger than six or even actual families bigger than six. One time we went with a party of nine and they did accommodate us and they did link everyone in there. But obviously that's not a guarantee And that's something that you would have to talk to them about. But if your party is six or less, then, you know, that's not an issue. They, um, that's their actual policy. So after you get all registered and everything's good to go, then the DAS card system works very similarly to the FastPass system. It's, it's linked on your magic band. And actually, if you have a return time, it will show up in your, my Disney experience app. So it'll remind you when you can go back to that ride. But the way that it works is, is completely independent of the FastPass system. They don't affect one another. So you go up to a ride and it doesn't actually even have to be the person that um, has the disability card. It can be any person in your party. You go up to the line and you walk right up to where, you know, the entrance or the FastPass entrance where you have the cast member standing there and you say, I would like a return time. That's what they call it is a return time. So they go, yep, and they scan your band, and the return time is automatically whatever the current time is 
plus the wait time of the ride currently. So if the wait time's an hour and you show up at five o'clock and you say, I'd like return time, your return time will be six o'clock. So the old system worked as basically an all access fast pass and that was being abused. Um, So this new system, you're not, and you can only do one at a time. So you're not able to just go ride to ride to ride to ride to ride and just, you know, go on them all. Um, You are technically waiting to Mm -hmm. get on the ride, just like everyone else is at the current wait time. You're just able to wait outside of the queue line and you can do whatever you want. You can go eat. You can go use a fast pass. You can go on another ride waiting in a line. It's totally like unlimited to what you're doing. And like I said, it works independently from the fast pass. So they don't, um, you know, you don't have to match up times and stuff to coordinate with those. So once you go back and it's your return time, you walk back up to the fast pass entrance, whoever the disability service um, card is for has to be in the party to enter the ride. So you can't, you know, that person can't sit off. Mm -hmm. You all have to enter um, together and then it clears off of your magic band. You get to go in the fast pass line, just like you would if you had a fast pass. Then it clears off, and then you're able to do that for the next ride. And what, um, you know, if you have a, a return time of 6, do you have a window? It's, it's like any time after that. So, okay. so if you okay. had a return time of 6, and you didn't go back till 9.30, that's totally fine. But you can't make another get return another one. time until you've yeah. used that one. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know. Um, I get a lot of questions about it. I've never used it, um, myself, but I know that, um, for a lot of people it's intimidating, especially with certain limitations as, you know, not being able to wait in line like that, um, that, uh, you know, it's good for people to know that it can be done and Disney has found a way to, to make it workable for just about everybody. In my opinion, it's very easy to use. I understand We just used it for the first time, I don't know, probably two years ago. Um, And I was apprehensive to use it, to to sign up and to question, you know, I don't know. I, you know, you question like, do we really need this? Do we really? And it was funny because the first time that I used it, it made such a difference to our family. It made such a difference to my son that I was like, why did I wait? Why, why did I resist taking advantage of this? Because it is there for people to use as long as you're doing it with good intention and an actual need. And, and you're yeah. not, you shouldn't feel bad because you're not skipping a line. You are waiting. No. You're just waiting in a different area. So there's nothing to feel bad about. And, and the registration, they make it very easy. And there, there is a on their website and you can actually, they have, a dedicated email address. It's disability.services at disneyparks.com. So if you have questions or you want the most up-to-date policies and procedures, you can reach out to them to ask. But it, it's very like intuitive and, and user-friendly and it, it really has made a big difference. The other thing that I had considered using when he was a little bit younger for a variety of reasons but I wouldn't use now but I know this could make a difference for other people and I didn't even know they did this you can actually get your stroller marked as a wheelchair so if Mm -hmm. you have a child that um you know has a disability for some reason and being in their stroller is something that they need 
whether that's where they're more comfortable they're or they're more comfortable in that than a wheelchair you have medical devices you know hooked up to it or for whatever reason so they can then remain in their stroller through an attraction queue line um, and you just need to get a tag which can be done at the same place at the um, you know with guest relations yeah, and I know that's really, really helpful um, to, to to people that need yep. it, for sure. Um, and, I, okay, so I'll link to the Disability Access Service uh, guidelines, and then I'll also put that email address in the show notes, too, so people can find it very easily um, as they're listening. Um, good. Okay, thank you for explaining that. Um, I know that there's a lot of confusion surrounding it, and I think you did, like, an A-plus job of describing it so that people understand what's involved and what it's for. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Okay. Let's shift gears a little bit as we kind of close out two things I wanted to ask you about. I know you said you've done a lot of special events. And so I just wondered if you had some that you thought were maybe better than others um, or something that stood out to you. And then I want to hear kind of your Disney bucket list as well. Yeah. So we've done a lot of the holiday parties, you know, those are really awesome to go to the special ticketed holiday parties, um, going to Disney during Christmas time, especially for me is like absolutely magical. Um, I'll never mm-hmm. forget the first time that I went and saw the Osborne lights and the last time because it's not there mm-hmm. anymore, but, um, yeah. I mean, to see the, the quote unquote snow on main street and just the de- decor, it's, it's awesome. So obviously the holiday parties. Um, I've been to a couple of the firework dessert parties and we actually started going to them like before it was really a thing before people knew about it. Um, they had just started doing it with wishes and, um, it was cheap when we, when they first started doing it, we got like, it was shockingly cheap. Now it's not as cheap. Um, so now it takes, because before it was a no brainer. You're like, really? Because these are awesome and you get the guaranteed spot and you get to sit down after like a long day at the park and there's food and it's like no brainer. Now you have to, you know, kind of decide if it's worth it for you guys. But um, I, we've done Disney after hours twice, I think now, two or three times, which, you know, you're basically paying for extra magic. They're not extra magic hours, but it's a similar concept but it's a paid event and they only release a very small amount of tickets. So yeah. um, you're really looking very at limited. like no lines. Yeah, very. Yeah. And yeah, like hop on, hop right. off, hop there, on, There have been yep. rides like Splash Mountain, like, like big rides where you'll get, you'll do the ride and then they'll just be like, nobody's here. Do you want to ride again? And then you just go again. Um, yeah. And it's cool. You know, this is, maybe nominal but it is cool that they do free water and soft drinks popcorn and ice cream throughout the entire event so you get to run around and load up on ice cream and and just you know ride all the rides and so that's really nice because it's very like exclusive so and you don't um if you're trying to like save on costs you don't have to have like that could be a non-park day and then that could almost serve as like your park ticket admission for the day so yeah. um i also on more than one occasion like, like a bunch of occasions we love the fireworks cruise for um magic kingdom so that goes on bay lake and seven seas lagoon and they take off uh you can choose any of the marinas at polynesian grand floridian wilderness lodge or contemporary 
you get to watch the fireworks at Magic Kingdom, which, you know, you're not messing with the crowds and you're not having to deal with getting out of the park at night. They pump the music onto your boat. Um, if you're celebrating an event, you can let them know and they can put like a cute little banner on the boat. You, they can order you food and drinks to have on the boat if you want to add that. And then they actually, before the fireworks show, you drive around um, Seven Seas Lagoon and Bay Lake with your driver and they do like a couple of little history things. So you would get to drive uh, really close and they would stop and chat for a little bit about river country, which is, you know, the abandoned water park yeah. next to Wilderness Lodge. That's now under construction for a new hotel, but the other one is discovery Island. Um, so they would, you know, pull up with their boat and you know, you're not really like allowed to on your own go, go near there. So it's kind of cool to have them, you know, tell you some history and then you actually get to go across. I don't know if you know this, but there's a water bridge that connects seven seas lagoon and Bay Lake. So mm -hmm. they're very rare actually. And it's kind of fun to go across the water bridge on the boat over the road. Um, so that's fun. And then, like yeah. I said, to watch the, uh, the fireworks and then they just drive you right back to the Marina and, and you just get off and, you're already at your hotel and super yeah. convenient. What a pleasant way to watch the fireworks. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of, you know, vying for space exactly. around the, the hub and, and yeah. And you definitely, so it, you know, maybe don't get the full effect of the, you know, the projections onto the castle. But if really, if you're just there kind of to watch the fireworks, it's, I think it's the way to go. So yeah. those are really fun. Yeah. And then for, you know, my bucket list, um, both my husband and I, we really hope to eventually be able to be Disney Vacation Club members. I think that's kind of on a on a bucket list thing for us. Maybe it'll never happen. Maybe we'll win the lottery tomorrow. I don't know. But yeah. I, would, I would love to be a Disney Vacation Club member. Um, my husband is definitely really excited for Hollywood Studios. He's a huge Star Wars fan. And that park has always been his favorite anyway. And so he's like super pumped to go and be there. Um, I would love to go. I've been to Epcot's um, Flower and Garden show, but mm -hmm. which is beautiful. I mean, if you're like a gardener, that's an awesome place to go walk around and to see the, the, the flower beds and the topiaries and HDTV comes and does little seminars. I met David Bromstad there one year. That was super fun. Um, but I would love to go to Epcot Food and Wine Festival. I've never been. And yeah. that's, you know, that's definitely on my bucket list. I'd love to go to some of the international Disney parks. I've been to Disneyland, but not any, anything international. And I would love to do uh, more of the tours. So I haven't just because I would like to do them if I wasn't with my kids. Um, but there's a behind the seeds tour in Epcot that goes, you know, it's the living with the land area. And they actually like take you on a tour and, and, talk to you more about some of the gardening stuff there and then things like keys to the kingdom i've never done that i would love to do that and then my family's actually talking about potentially the next time we go with my parents um doing one of the vip tours so yeah. that would be nice yeah yeah that's uh that's a whole a whole nother level right. like when you're like oh wait a second this is this is how I need to do it from now exactly. on, you know? That's the yeah. problem I'm almost a little bit worried about is once you do it, are you going to ever want to go back, you know, and right. do it the old way? 
<laughs> right. It's very hard to go back. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a whole different experience. Um, exciting. Now, have you, um, have you ever been to Disneyland? I have. So um, I went when I was very, very young. And we lived briefly, my parents and I, when I was very young in California while my dad was in school, but I don't remember it. Then we were right back to Michigan. Um, but then I actually about, oh, geez, um, two, two and a half years ago, my mom and I, both of our birthdays are in March. And we went on just my mom and I, uh, my daughter was like five or six months old at the time. And we went on a girl's trip just the two of us out to California, um, we had tickets to the Ellen DeGeneres show to go sit uh-huh. in on a taping. And then I said, I would love to go to Disneyland while we're out in California, just because for, again, for me, it's not so much the rides. It's like, I just kept saying, I want to go to the place that Walt built. Like, I just want right, to go there. That's what... <laughs> like, I just yeah. want to walk through, like he walked through it and, and I just want to see like, what did, what did he actually make? Um, and it's funny because yeah. I was actually a little underwhelmed with Disneyland their hotel I thought was very nice we stayed at the Disneyland hotel um Mm -hmm. I thought that was very nice the food you know it's Disney quality the service is Disney quality um but then we did California Adventure and that was that felt way more to me like Disney World so Mm -hmm. Disneyland for some reason like didn't feel as Disney even though you have those classic rides there um because I'm so used to going to Disney World but it was like small and the, and the queue lines aren't interactive and they're just, you know, chains out outside. there, you know, outside. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, what yeah. is this? It's like a, like a carnival or something. Um, and California adventure was obviously because it's newer was much more like Disney world. And we actually sat in that park one day we got, I, I don't remember the restaurant off the top of my head, but it was uh, like a vineyard themed restaurant. And we mm-hmm. sat outside at this wine bar essentially for like four hours we didn't ride any ride we didn't do it we just literally sat and people watched and drank wine and it was awesome perfect yeah perfect it is what like it doesn't have to be you rode every ride it is what you want it to be yeah yeah I when you were saying about the Disney history and stuff um I was thinking of, you know, for you, for Disneyland, because there's so much history there. And I would think, like, next time you go back, um, doing, like, a tour where they talk about um, the history would probably be, like, perfect for you. Right. Um, because there is so much history in the park. And and I know what you're saying. Like, I felt the same way. I think the first time I went, well, like, maybe the second time I went to Disneyland, I was kind of like, oh, this isn't my Disney World, you know? I know. And then... And then the the next few times I went after that, it was like it was like all of a sudden it just became like this is where Walt was. This is this was built for smaller families, you know. So before it became such a big thing, and so I had to kind of like get my mind around it, and right. then I just like fell back in love with it. So, what I will say was um, cool about Disneyland. It, I mean, it's because it's smaller. Everything is so compact, and I loved the downtown Disney district in Disneyland. So just to be, I mean, like, it was so weird to sit like there and and to look to your left to be able to get in one park and look to your right and there's the entrance to the other park. And you literally like you could get from the back of one park to the back of the other one in, I don't know, 25 minutes or something if you were like, that's mind boggling because just just thinking about like the size of Epcot alone, you know, it's it's like, wow, there's there's two parks here. And but it was cool. The hotel, like 
everything's within walking distance. So you can really abandon your car when you check in and then you don't have to see it again because you can walk to, you know, their downtown Disney and you can walk to the two parks and everything is right out your door. So that part was pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, when you talk to some, a Disney world buff, you know, about Disneyland, it's like, no, you can't even imagine that you can just be at one park and be like, mm, I'm bored here. I know. Let me just walk across. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's funny because um, I was just saying to somebody recently, maybe it's a good thing that we kind of are, or I feel this way where I was maybe a little um, underwhelmed what go, because really, if you think about just from a historical perspective, that that's why Disney world exists, right? They, you know, he knew there were challenges and he wanted to build sort of the next level and to remedy some of the things that he didn't like about Disneyland. And, you know, the fact that Disney world is just so awesome really kind of speaks to Walt Disney's original vision and his goals that he set out to do, even though he wasn't a part of building most of it. Right. Right. And, and like, he was like, okay, I have this idea and here we built it. And then he's like, okay, now I know how to make it better. Right. <laughs> so that, yeah, I mean, and which is so Walt Disney. So um, yeah. And it's ever growing. Mm-hmm. I mean, both, you know, they're, they're working of course on growing in California as well, but they're, they're more limited with space yep. and uh, Disney world of course has so much space. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Who knows? I know it's exciting. Um, it's very exciting. It has been just wonderful talking to you. I know you can't see me, but I'm just, I've been smiling the whole time. <laughs> so love listening to you talk. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me tonight. Yeah, you're welcome. It's been really fun. Yeah, thank you. And we'll probably, we'll brainstorm and do some more, I think. Oh, I because, would love I have so yeah, much more and I, I can talk about. And I feel like I want to do like Ashley's first uh, ride on Flight of Passage, you know? <laughs> first like, ride on Slinky Dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to get all that. So, um, so yeah, we'll definitely stay in touch. And um, again, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Well, I hope you could hear the joy in both of our voices as we talked about our favorite subject, Disney, and I hope you learned some new things, heard uh, some things that resonated with you, and uh, I'm here to answer any of your questions as always, and I'd love to connect with you on social media if you want to follow along uh, at uh, Rebecca Enchanted on Instagram and Facebook, and I'll see you real soon.